0: Yo and hello! Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody And we're wondering... Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? I... I don't. Someone help. Yikes. It's so very important that I remember this show. Help. Help. <laughs> help. I better go back and listen to this whole podcast.
1: Okay, yeah. though <laughs> we've officially rebranded to a re-listen podcast of our <laughs> own show yes listen along with us as we sit in silence and then make the same comments that we did before because we have the same brains but can't remember that we actually said the thing in the first place oh jesus so this week we were looking at season two episode six lie versus lie initially aired september 24th 2004 written by jeff Biederbin and directed by eleanor lindo the, the only like comments that I really make about Eleanor Lindo is that her top known for credit on IMDB is for a movie called touching wild horses <laughs> which uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's delightful it has a delightful poster in which you've got like a, a horse but like within the body of the horse there's like some superimposed human faces and no. it's, uh, it's a delight it's a delight to look at um, Coincidentally, she's also directed fourteen episodes of Heartland, so uh, oh, got a bit of a horse theme, but the ultimate horse girl. But I, I will say she she really hits like the perfect trifecta of like this this niche of Canadian media. She's got directing credits for Heartland, Degrassi, and Murdoch Mysteries. Oh so, hell yeah,
0: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. She's fully earned her citizenship. Yep, and I think it's just our crew this week. No no guest stars. It's it's just the the
1: gang. I think we get some Ed and Ted in this one, though. Yay!
0: In a world barren of excitement, one concert event reigns supreme. Four young friends unite with one common goal: flaming lipstick.
1: Okay, so we're in the station, and it seems that we're we're very quickly introduced to like the the kind of big plot of this episode, which is that the flaming lips are in town and. The, the crew is, especially Lily, desperate to get tickets for this show, so they're advertising about it on RFR, and they're like, if anybody has tickets, and they want to call in and give me tickets, take your tickets. Give me tickets. So, um, they they get a call, and they very excitedly
0: answer, it's Ed and Ted. <laughs> Ed and Ted, having a, a typical Ed and Ted hijinks.
1: Yeah, they, they don't have tickets, but they have a, a bunch of dogs. <laughs>
0: We just at a dog show and they're like yeah we're at a dog show it's really cool can we talk about it and they're like no <laughs> dog shows are too commercial it's fun we get a we get a repeat of that time ed and ted were at the uh cd store and they have to book and they're like run ted run we get that run, dead, run. <laughs> we, <laughs> this happens again except like the dogs get out and immediately start attacking ed and ted Considering you had another good run, Ted, run. Hey, hey, we let the
1: dogs out. Yeah, poodle, 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 poodle. Ah, run, Ted, run. It's uh, it's very good, but um, Lily kind of, you know, while she's doing this pitch, says that she'd be eternally grateful to whoever is able to get her uh, Flaming Lips tickets, and Ray immediately is like, eternally grateful, huh? Well, I gotta, I gotta go do a a secret. private thing that you can't <laughs> know about. And he's very much <laughs> so going to be scheming to, to get her tickets. Um, but then school the next day, Lily is rifling through her bag, and Ray and Travis are joking around being like, what are you looking for? You need puzzles? What do you need? And Lily's like, guys, I'm not in the laughing me? mood. And when did this become an all-boys school?
0: Ow! Ooh, do I know that look? If they wanted truth in advertising, they would show that look and not some girl pole well, vaulting oh thank you you are the
1: best it's one of those things where i mean it's a subtle moment in the show but it turns out she just needed a tampon and parker gives her a tampon and it's like
0: you know you just you don't see that
1: yeah <laughs> i don't think you. i don't think you physically see tampons in a lot of media
0: yeah like it's actually kind of a really cool moment because it's just like it's just a thing it's like yes <laughs> this is a yes, thing that
1: happens There you go this is what you need, and Lily's like, thank you so much, and, and that's just it. That's, like, basically the, the whole exchange is just, yeah. like, establishing Lily's got a, a female friend now, and it's Parker, and it's great. We got Parker! And yeah, but it was just, like, this little bit of, like, you never see that. <laughs> you, I, you, you never, like, just, just saw, like, those little moments in media, so it's a very good moment.
0: Yes. Menstruation representation. <laughs> hey, Lily! I got this great lead.
1: Ray, hold that thought. <sighs>
0: twice in one day i can't hold that many thoughts
1: parker come sit we get lily and ray sitting in the cafeteria and ray is like trying to start a conversation with lily probably regarding the tickets and is you know just trying to grab her attention but lily sees parker and like invites her over and you know kind of keeps interrupting ray and is like hey look at this thing that parker parker also does like a a wilder impression and parker also likes all these things and And we kind of quickly get this like Parker's in competition with Ray because like she's into the same things as Ray. So like Ray's kind of like starting to feel replaced in in this whole dynamic. And Lily's like very quick to just kind of like abandon him at lunch. Yeah. Like Parker comes to like sit with them for a second and then Parker's like, Hey, do you wanna just like aimlessly wander the halls? And Lily's like, Yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) And they just kinda like leave Ray.
0: Ray. (laughs) And it sucks. Aimless and wandering. I like that. Later, right? And so they're walking through the hall and they decide to do truth or dare. And so Lily takes dare, and Parker's dare is to kiss the next guy you see. Don't do that. Don't do that. And Lily says, sure, but you do too. And they're like, okay. And of course, it turns out to be Ed and Ted. Ted's still rocking the dark oracle style, foofed out goth hair that is the source of all his power. And, uh, Yeah, so they go and they kiss Ed and Ted and Ed and Ted go whooping through the hallways. (laughs) Lily and Parker are talking and Parker's like, I need to ask you something. And Lily's like, what? And Parker's like, do you think I'm weird? (laughs) It just makes me think of how like Audrey and all our mean friends were like laughing at Parker. And, you know, you get a sense that Parker's been kind of a loner because she's just kind of out there. And Louie's like, yeah, I do. And Parker's like, oh. And Lily's like, but I'm weird too. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really cute. And Parker's
1: like, but then we cancel each other out and we're the coolest people here. <laughs> and it's, it's great. So then um, I guess there's like a karate flick playing at the the uh, theater in town and they're, they agree to go
0: see it together. Yeah. And it's going to be like their, their little hangout.
1: All right, far. Ed and Ted, nice to hear from you again.
0: Over in RFR, Travis and Robbie are packing up for the day because I guess the show has happened. Travis is wearing the stripiest polo I've ever seen. I I will say, uh, like, between the seasons, we've had a change in wardrobe
1: because Travis is no longer wearing, like, that one... He had, like, three polos that he cycled between that were, like, he had, like, kind of, like, a a mustard one and a green one and a blue
0: one. And that was what he wore, like, all the time. Yeah. I wonder if this means George jacket is gone, too. I hope it comes back. George jacket. But I, I don't think we've seen the sweet shirt this season either. Oh, shit. I love that shirt. So Robbie and Travis are packing things up. Ed and Ted call in again. And they're like, you know the show's over, right? And they're like... Come on. If it's not a dog show, give us give us anything. We'll be your special correspondents. They really want to be part of the crew. And Aww. Robbie and Travis end up making this kind of making up a lie on the spot being like, "Well, we can't do that because we'd have to um, you know, if we wanted to meet up in person, we'd have to reveal our identities and so if we want to do this, we have to do remote radio and it's expensive to get the equipment and Robbie's like, "Yeah, you have to get the equipment like imported from Czech or Slovakia." <laughs> and they're like, okay, bye. (laughs) And they're like, I feel kind of bad about this. And like, it's just a little lie. It's fine. And that's, you know, I guess as, as the title goes, lie versus lie, the line begins and immediately after. So you want to uh, go to a movie tonight? Oh, I don't know. Lily's walking her bike along and Ray's like you know what I miss you we haven't been clicking lately do you want to go see a movie there's this awesome karate flick playing and Lily's kind of like uh no, sorry Ray I have to go study and so now she's lying to Ray yeah but
1: it's also like I don't think she had like gotten the impression yet that she's hanging out with Parker so much more like I don't think Mm -hmm. she realizes that she's giving off this vibe of like She's really ditching Ray. So, yeah. like, I I wonder why she didn't just tell Ray that she was already going with Parker. Because that seems like a normal thing for her to do.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't entirely get it. <laughs> yeah, the movie was definitely kicking. How would you know? Your eyes were shut during every scene. So Parker comes flying into the hallway doing, like, a flying kick and she and Lily are having a blast kind of talking about the movie. But then Ray comes up and Lily quickly kind of non-verbally communicates to Parker that she has to cover up the fact that they that they went to the movie. We are just reenacting a scene from my favorite educational film, Billy and the Bully, a hug goes further than a punch. Lily immediately guides Parker away, leaving Ray looks so lost. He's just standing in the hallway being like, oh. And <laughs> only explains that, you know, she's just... Lion, for some reason. Parker's like, okay. <laughs> and then we go to Robbie and Travis, and Robbie's like, Travis, we have a problem. <laughs> and Travis is like... I know. The sun's used up almost half of its hydrogen fuel, which means there's only about 4.5 billion years before all life is obliterated on this planet, as we know it. Nope. Even worse. It's such a good, like, I feel like I've been jonesing for a really solid Travisism. And that was it. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's it's just a very good, unprompted bit that you can tell he's saying 100% genuinely. Yes. Like, it's not like he's, like, pulling a bit.
0: Yeah. No. Like, that's just, like, the answer he has prepared. He's just been mulling over the heat death of the universe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but the problem turns out that to be that Ed and Ted have created a, an elaborate remote radio thing and they use it to hack a cougar radio <laughs> and they're <laughs> super stoked. But of course they immediately get Waller on their tail. And so Robbie and Travis have to figure out what they're gonna do about this, I guess. Oh!
1: It's Waller! Hi! hi. hi. hi, hi-, hi-
0: <laughs> Meanwhile in the cafeteria, Lily is now actually studying <laughs> and Ray comes up to talk to her and Lily's like, Ray, leave me alone! And Ray's like, I just thought you might like to know. I'm trying to get us flaming li- lips tickets flaming licks tickets flaming lips tippets <laughs> flaming lips tippets <laughs> a tip for the flaming, you. Uh, flaming lips tickets. a yes. uh, flaming licks tippets yes this is elocution school 101 um, but he's trying to get the tickets electrocution <laughs> yes <laughs> either one it's fine Ray mentions he's trying to get the tickets for them and Lily's like "Oh, that's so sweet and then Parker comes up and talks to Lily and like hey are we still on for later and Lily's like yeah and Ray's like hey guys, what are we doing? And they're like, no, Ray's just girl stuff. And Ray's like, sad. (laughs) Parker's like, cool beans, my guy. And she leaves and Ray's like, yeah, cool beans, all right. And meanwhile, Ed and Ted scamper through the hallway, still being pursued by an unseen principal. Run, Ted, run. Run, Ted, run. (laughs) Today in CanCon Commercial Bake, we're talking about Animorphs. Man, Ooh, it's here! I watched the first two episodes of this today, and boy, are the special effects absolutely terrifying!
1: <laughs> Yay!
0: Yay! So, Animorphs is a Canadian television adaptation made by Protocol Entertainment based on the Scholastic book series of the same name by K. A. Applegate, which is the pen name of Katherine Applegate and her husband Michael Grant. Uh, this <laughs>
1: you remember K. J. Appa? This is him. <laughs> <laughs> K. J. Applegate. I can't believe KJ App has done so well for himself.
0: Yeah, and like that he's also like 50. (laughs) 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 The series was made for YTV for season one and global for season two in Canada and Nickelodeon for the United States the series was broadcast for 26 episodes from september 1998 to march 2000 the united states and canada protocol entertainment the company that produced the show is based out of toronto they also produced shows like the saddle club and goosebumps and police academy the series i went on their website it looks like it hasn't been updated since 2011. the one thing that's notable about their website though is there's a message on the main page that says this site and the company's corp information are being used by a non-authorized source to legitimize scam job offers. Do not respond if you have received text or email contact about a job offer in Honolulu or anywhere out of the country. If there is no interview or personal contact from the company, but offers to send money ahead are made, this is a scam. <laughs> so, Excuse me. <laughs> don't, don't take any job offers in Honolulu from Protocol Entertainment. <laughs> Okay, so here's a summary from IMDb that's attributed to K. A. Applegate at Scholastic.com. So it could be written by the author. It also could just be the summary from the book series, but uh, it'll give you an idea of what *Animorphs* is about. My name is Elfangor. I am a prince from. The- <laughs> I am. A- this sounds like an email. <laughs> yes.
1: I have I have received this spam email before.
0: <laughs> yes, I am a prince from the Andalite world. <laughs> I am dying. My yep, ship is completely yeah, accurate. It's a scam email. My <laughs> ship has crash landed on a planet called Earth. This is not the first time my hooves have touched the surface surface of this <laughs> fast and <laughs> beautiful world. Oh yeah, these aliens, by the way, are like blue centaurs.
1: I, I hate how you said hooves. <laughs>
0: my hooves. My hooves. <laughs> my hooves. The Yurks have launched their silent attack on Earth. Yurks are evil parasites <laughs> who live in the brains of other species. You can't say that. I know. You can't call somebody that. <laughs> now their goal is to enslave every human being on this planet. As I looked into five pairs of innocent human eyes, I knew what I had to do. These young people had At no- once? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> These young people had no knowledge of the invasion, no idea that some of their closest friends and family members were already under Yurk control. But they would soon bear the responsibility of saving their entire world. I gave them the power to morph. Andalite technology no other species has ever possessed. Now these humans will be able to use the energy and instincts of any living creature to resist the Yurks. They can become any animal they touch. Many Andalites have called me a hero, yet there are things no one knows about me. Secrets the five humans will uncover when the time is right. I want them to learn the truth. They are children, not trained warriors. Yet I have the confidence in their strength. Sometimes children can accomplish amazing things. And then there's this second plot summary by just by a user called like Kerberbal that just says five kids and an alien with the ability to turn into any beast they touch versus an army of parasitic aliens who are slowly infiltrating earth. So that's basically it. You you run of a mill thing. Yeah. So the five kids are Jake played by Sean Ashmore.
1: My name is Jake. Half an hour ago, I was just a regular kid. Not
0: anymore. Rachel played by Brooke Nevin, Marco played by Boris Cabrera, Cassie played by Nadia Lee Nascimento, and Tobias played by Christopher Ralph. So we get a bit of an in a heartbeat reunion with Sean Ashmore and Christopher Ralph in the main cast, which is fun. So yeah, so that's basically the premise of the show is these kids encounter an alien who gives them the power to change into animals and they change into animals to try and defeat this alien race and when they change, it is horrifying. <laughs> it is so scary. <laughs> I watched the first two episodes of this with my partner, and they make like bone-crunching sounds <laughs> as they transform. Homer! Homer, come here! Come on, Homer! Come on! Come here, boy. come on! The first one we see in the entire series is he turns into his dog. I feel like the hand is the worst part. That
1: was awful. <laughs> the hand is absolutely the worst part. Oh, God. You you remember oh, how, like, the books, you get, like, the keyframes of the, the animation? Like, you yeah. get, like, the little, like, in between. You don't want to see the motion no. that happens between those.
0: You don't want it. It's a wild show. Um, One of my favorite things I discovered researching this show is normally I don't see a whole lot, especially for these series, on the IMDb trivia page. But there's a lot on the IMDb trivia page for Animorphs and some of it I feel like is just like, it's just like fans kind of putting in things that they're positing. Okay. Here's some trivia. Um, unlike in the book series where any normal clothing the Animorphs wore during Morph was either destroyed or left behind, the TV series showed the Animorphs capable of morphing their clothing whenever they transformed. No explanation was given for this beyond simple, dramatic license. Or, this fun trivia bit, the show was filmed in Canada, but never aired there because they didn't have Nickelodeon at the time. (laughs) Canadian actor Sean Ashmore didn't realize the show actually had an audience until he went to the United States and was recognized by fans. I like how it's like they don't have Nickelodeon, so they don't have TV in we, Canada. We don't have TV here. <laughs> we don't here. have TV. We just make it for fun. Um, this was the wildest fact, though. There was some controversy during the airing of season one's The Message when Animorphs were still in regular syndication. This was due to a scene in which the group of characters pick up a live swallowtail butterfly and touch it to acquire its DNA. During the scene, the butterfly's wings were touched, which injures injures butterflies and moths because it brushes away the dust-like scales on their wings, interfering with their ability to fly. Some viewers were concerned about animal cruelty. However, it was never formally explained whether or not the real butterfly from the scene was actually injured or not. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) What? Wow. Wow. Also, I think this was my favorite thing from the goofs section. Um, It's listed as a factual error. Throughout the series, it's clear that the actors and actresses portraying teenagers are actually in their 20s. This is done as to not interfere with the schooling of real teenagers and to give the general viewing audience who are teenagers themselves someone they can look up to. (laughs) What a goof. Yeah, I like that this goof was clearly just somebody like writing their point of view on hiring older actors.
1: and this is why they do it yes oh whoops you you got you made a mistake you didn't hire a teenager
0: (laughs) so this this show um it's it's got kind of like kind of a tepid reception it's got like around a six on imdb but a lot of the fans of the books hated the show (laughs) um yeah yeah i've i've got some i've got some fun reviews here this review is from july 1999 by user yrkh (laughs) nine. E <laughs> The review is titled either great or the worst screw-up since Power Rangers. Animorphs could have been a lot better. I have to say they disappointed a whole lot of people since the books sold pretty good. But as of now, the books are getting bad too. I suspect that KA is using ghostwriters. The show could use better effects and younger actors. Personally, I only watch it because I like Brooke Nevin. On the flip side, here's somebody who said, I loved it. It's from a, this is an August 1999 review. I've always had a curiosity in Animorphs, but I always thought they were stupid and babyish and stuff like that. But when I heard that there was going to be a show, my curiosity got the best of me and I started to watch. I loved it. Then, it got me hooked on the books. I mean, I can understand how the avid reader of the books before the TV show was on could dislike it. It isn't what I would probably expect either, but I know quite a few people that got hooked on the book series by watching the show. So shouldn't the fans that hate the TV show appreciate that? I love all the characters, even if they are a little old. And the effects are just as good as you can expect a low budget tv show to be and they aren't even that horrible the only thing i dislike the fact that the raiders seem to put marco and rachel together not gonna happen please don't let it happen besides the fact that the wardrobe sucks it's actually a pretty good show people really shouldn't be so hard on the actors and then this is my favorite review <laughs> well it could have been worse by Sister Shrew from August 2006. My first thought when I heard they were making a television series out of Animorphs, how the beep, are they going to do that? And yes, they wrote beep with asterisks about around it. Well, apparently I'm a primordial gizmo challenge dinosaur. Nowadays, there's a wonderful shitload of what folks call special effects, or SPEF, if you will. <laughs> Jody, have you ever heard special effects being shortened to SPEF? Like a S-P-E-F? S P E F F. Yes. This
1: is the dumbest word I've ever heard. Yes. Also, I. I what, what did they say? They were a primordial Gizmo Challenge dinosaur. Yes.
0: Yes, they did. Okay.
1: All right. Who Has an appreciation for Speff, I guess. Um, okay. That's that is my uh, changing my my bio on all of my social media right now. Yes.
0: With Spef, we have managed to create one of the most horrendously adapted small screen projects ever. I'm,
1: so I'm I'm sorry they've <laughs>
0: continued to use the term
1: Spef. They do. They didn't just throw it in there like they're an industry expert. They fully committed to Speff.
0: Yeah, it's full Spef. Full Speff from here it's, on out. Full Spef. <laughs> full Spef ahead. No, I am not a book snob, but really the only benefit I got from watching this television series was a newfound understanding of the pronunciation of Tobias's name and an urge to bash open my skull and gouge out every lasting morsel of respect I had for the books. I had never noticed this before, but the thought speak is ridiculous. It's like Dr. Doolittle gone spandex. What does that mean? <laughs> what? One day, when the speff and creative teams for television are better... <laughs> perhaps they will try again with slightly better results <laughs> god it's um, all
1: about the speth baby it's all
0: about the speff. um that's insane i also found this is a, a really good 2019 article from junkie.com which is i guess a pop culture website once a week in late 1998 and 1999 a crime occurred <laughs> A beloved children's book series was adapted for a TV and in doing so destroyed. <laughs> that series. That's a pretty
1: low crime rate.
0: <laughs> One crime, and it was the adaptation of Animorphs.
1: One crime, and Every we were really week. good at tracking it, but we didn't do anything about it. Yeah.
0: The series was Animorphs, and 20 years later, it deserves a resurrection. Um, tackiness is mostly what the 1999 TV series delivered. The whole show is now available on YouTube and I rewatched the entire thing last week. It's nostalgic and occasionally heartwarming, but it's not great or even good. Mostly, it was just way too ambitious for 1999. As the book's co-authors Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant have pointed out, it attempted to combine the three most expensive things in Hollywood, special effects, child actors, and live animals. There were 1990s special effects, too. The aliens were crude puppet heads on sticks, and most of the dramatic morphing had to happen off-screen. As Grant- I'm ra- sorry, that's- that's Speff? Yes, right. There were 1990s Speff. As Michael Grant wrote and in 2016 Reddit AMA, oh, we hated the TV series. <laughs> hated it. <laughs> we felt it insulted the hundreds of thousands of kids who read the books. Oh, my so,
1: God. So some
0: people liked it. Like, I think it's fun for the cheese factor. But yeah, the the fans of this hated it. In fact, wow. there's a uh, change.org petition specifically for a Netflix-produced Animorphs TV series. It got 242 supporters. <laughs> um... I have to read the opening paragraph. Yo, dig it. So, if you grew up in the 90s, you remember a lot of great children's book series Goosebumps, Fear Street, the list goes on. Some of those series got TV shows, such as R.L. Stein's Goosebumps TV show that adapted some of his most famous children's books to equally freaky TV shows. But you know what the, was the real mind freak of children's fiction? The real sci fi bender? The mind melt that made people, kids, think? Animorphs. <laughs> wow yeah and then he goes on to this synopsis of like the first half of the first episode and then he says so you dig you get this now i just set up only half the first episode this could be the first episode of a netflix series that could easily span five seasons in a tv series and eight canon movies i ask (sighs) you the reader of this post to help make this possible to present this petition to netflix would be a great achievement when we make this possible animorphs can join other great Netflix original series, such as Marvel's Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, all of which I think are canceled, but uh, we can... All, all the Marvel series,
1: and I i mean, I haven't seen it myself, I think Iron Fist is largely acknowledged as one of the worst Netflix original series ever <laughs> produced.
0: Yes. Oh my god. And then, yeah, so 242 signatures, so it didn't really make too many waves, but... Fans, fans can uh, take wing because apparently just this year an Animorphs movie has been announced to be in development. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, by uh, Picture Start, which is a production studio headed up by Eric Fig. He was previously the co-president of lionsgate motion picture group and president of summit entertainment so he went off in like 2019 to start his own thing and they've got an interesting slate of projects they want to do boy! so they got the animorphs movie but they've also got they're working on a prequel to greece um a, a live action film based on the american girl doll franchise um they're doing a horror anthology series adaptation of the rl stein series point fear and they also want to do a naruto live action movie so
1: (laughs) they they really just said no bad ideas we'll take all of them
0: yep yep they really did um so you know animorphs fans you might get something better than the 1999 series you might get something worse who knows time will tell
1: You might get a grace prequel
0: yeah it's true or naruto live action that's that's (laughs) what could go wrong what could go wrong with a western produced anime live action film who knows um (laughs) but yeah that's animorphs it's it's funny i i don't i i'm trying to remember if i ever actually read any of the books i definitely remember seeing them because those covers man like Yeah, I, I have vivid memories not of reading them, but being at the the
1: um Nose Hill Library yes. in Calgary. Yes. And they had those um the the kind of spinning bookshelves mm-hmm. where you could pull the books out. And anytime we saw Animorphs, I remember you and I like sitting beside them and just being like, Whoa, look at this one and seeing <laughs> like some kid turn into a dolphin and being yeah. like
0: Whoa Yeah, and like, you know, they'd always have like the freaky like middle frame you'd be like, Bleh. <laughs> like was- and, and honestly I feel like
1: that's, like, the nostalgic piece for a lot mm-hmm. of kids. I think that's a very relatable thing, that people didn't read them, but the the cover was just so iconic. Yeah. So, like, shout-out to, to the illustrator. Shout-out to the person who designed yeah. the cover of the Animorphs books, because you really did something.
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so there are people like you and I who enjoyed literally the surface of uh, Animorphs, mm-hmm. and then there are the people who were pissed <laughs> fans <laughs> of Animorphs, but... Yeah, who knows how this movie is gonna turn out. I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. I love it. I did track down an RFR connection and Jody, I'm gonna take you on a journey that I think you're going to enjoy. Thank God. So Brooke Nevin, who played Rachel Animorphs, has done several Christmas movies at this point. Um, she was in The Christmas Cure in 2017. Actress Kathleen Lasky played a supporting part in that film. Kathleen was also in One Starry Christmas in 2014. And the romantic lead in that was played by an actor named Damon Runyon. Damon Runyon was in Magical Christmas Shoes in 2019, which featured Janelle Williams in a, in a supporting role. <laughs> so we took a little oh, Christmas journey there.
1: <laughs> I, I love that. I love, uh, you know, creating real connections around the holidays. Yes.
0: As, as soon as I found out that Brooke Nevin was in like three or four Christmas movies, I'm like, I have to make this connection somehow be <laughs> like shitty Christmas movies. And boy, was it possible? Because there are hundreds of them.
1: <laughs> oh, there, there's so many. Oh, so good. My my question with the the mechanics of animorphs: What is like the the expiration time of like
0: how quickly after they touch the animal
1: do? Oh, they- yeah.
0: That was an important part of it. So they they transform and then they have to transform out of the form in two hours, or else they'll be stuck in that form forever. Oh Yeah, so I don't think it carried over into the TV show, but apparently in like the first book, Tobias turns into a hawk and stays as a hawk for too long, so he's just a hawk for the next like 50 books. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's just a fucking
0: hawk. He's just a fucking hawk.
1: I mean, like, of all the things you could have transformed into, that's pretty baller. Yeah, it's like, pretty good to be a hawk. I mean, I, I saw a clip there where somebody turned into a fly. Like, somebody's gonna kill like you gonna squish yeah someone's gonna kill you in those two hours yeah
0: it's also weird too because like when they transform they're kind of fighting with the animal brain so like in the first episode oh. like they're doing their first morphs and rachel morphs into a cat and marco morphs into a rat and there's this moment where like cat rachel is like woo, and they're like no rachel you can't eat him <laughs> like you're not a cat <laughs> i'm gonna
1: lick my own ass <laughs>
0: Catbrain. It's (laughs) Catbrain. Where you lick your own ass. (laughs) That's
1: Animorphs, baby. (laughs) That's Animorphs, baby.
0: What? Ed and Ted at your service. We've mastered the technology necessary to do remote broadcasts. Now will you hire us? So we pop back into the station where Ed and Ted are relentless in their efforts to join RFR. They... They tell Robbie and Travis that, Hey, look at we got our thing working now. Can we please do live like can we've, we please do remote we've mastered the
1: technology necessary to do the job. Yes.
0: Very, very Eddie and Teddyan. Robbie and Travis expand their line a little further, saying, Well, that's great, guys, but the only event we need covered is the Flaming Lips concert and they're like, Okay, we'll do that and they're like, Nope, sorry, it's sold out bye <laughs> and then they're like yeah this this is still better than you know telling the truth right and they're like yeah yeah it's totally fine <laughs> i had no idea so little money could buy so many secondhand clothes vintage lily we call them vintage
1: so then we go over to uh lily and parker in lily's room who've just gotten back from thrift shopping, thrift shopping. they've done like hella thrift shopping um, and we get a great fashion montage of them trying on their clothes to uh, Riff Randall's Lethal Lip Gloss, which uh. is just a a delightful, delightful bomb.
0: Like seeing that clip again, I'm like, oh, I remember this song. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, definitely. So uh, that montage ends. And Lily's like, this is the best day. I don't know how it could get any better. And Parker's like, well, what if what if today could be phenomenal? And it turns out Parker has been able to use a connection with her dad to get tickets to the Flaming Lips concert. So Lily is overjoyed, so excited. They both jump on the bed because they're so excited about uh, the, the concert. But later on at Mickey's, Lily is, um, you know, just sitting at a table by herself. And Ray comes up and he's like, hey, big update on the Flaming Lips thing. Um... You know what? You can call off your search because it turns out I can't go anyway. And Lily, again, is just lying to Ray about all of this Parker stuff for really, de- like, no determined reason. This yeah. time probably, like, just out of guilt that Ray's put all of this effort in and she's going to this show without him. Mm-hmm. So she lies and says, oh, I've got cousins coming from out of town. You know, my, my parents, you know, they, they need me to just stay home. And Ray's like, yeah, I, I get it. It's fine. So then Lily gives him a hug and then leaves and Ray's like, "Uh, who needs tickets? And holds up his flaming lips tickets. Cue Ed and Ted coming over his shoulder, just snatching them out of his (laughs) hands. And he's like, great.
0: Okay. Poor Ray. That sucks. Man, that concert rocked. Are your ears still ringing? What? I can't hear you. My ears are ringing.
1: Hey, why are we yelling? So at school the next day, and Lily and Parker are kind of shouting to each other in the hallway about how great the concert was and how their ears are still ringing from it. Q, um, Ray joining in the the conversation and Lily very, you know, quickly trying to to cover up the fact that she was at the concert. And Ray was like, well, you know, it I must suck to see all these people in like their their." concert t-shirts, you know, that they that got from the show. So I made you this. And he makes, he's given her, like, a custom t-shirt that says, I missed the Flaming Lips concert. And it's very cute and sweet. And, and Lily's, like, you know, very, like, guilty. But uh, thinks it's a very sweet gesture. Ray spots that she, Parker's got a um, Flaming Lips button on her bag, which doesn't necessarily mean that she was at the concert. Yeah. It could just mean that she has a button. But immediately mm-hmm. he's like, you, you're you at the show? And Parker's like, no, it's from a a wing place. Spicy.
0: (laughs) Poor Parker. She looks very uncomfortable. (laughs) I really like hanging with you, Randy, but
1: I'm not good at the lying thing. Exhibit
0: A, spicy chicken wings.
1: But immediately after, uh, Lily and Parker are in the cafeteria and Lily apologizes for making her lie. She says she was just doing it to protect Ray's feelings. But from this moment on, complete honesty. That's it. And then we we jump over to the the broadcast for that day. Very appropriately, uh, their kind of like lead-in song to like the transition between those scenes is a track called "Lie to Me." And Lily goes, "Yeah, great song, but a bad message. Since very on the nose for this episode." But then we find out that Ed and Ted, you know, they're they're doing their correspondence bit, and they were at the show because they got raised tickets. So Lily tries to kind of like end the segment and stop them from talking. But in their kind of, you know, take of the show, they're, like, listing all the people from Roscoe High that are there, and they're like, oh, look, there's River and Audrey and all these people. And there's Parker Haynes with, it's Lily Randall. Hey, Ted, isn't she wearing one of your mom's old blouses? Lily just kind of, you know, has her head in her her hands, and Ray looks, like, really, really sad and disappointed with her as, uh,
0: as the bit ends. Yeah, it does end with another uh, run, Ted, run, as the security guard approaches. Yes. Run, Ted, yes. run. <laughs> he appears to have security written on his shirt, and he appears to be picking he's picking up speed. Run, Ted, run! Ray is angstily leaning against the outside of the shed. Robbie comes up to kind of give him a heart-to-heart. Ray's upset because Lily's never lied to him before, and Robbie points out that things have been weird between them because all Ray's been focused on is trying to, like, win her over romantically. Um, and that maybe Parker's been a better friend to her lately, especially when it comes to just just doing friend stuff. Cause yeah, it's been, it's been real weird. It's just been episode after episode of Ray and Travis trying to win Lily over.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's nice to have him call him out and just be like, that, you're not being a friend. You're just like, you're trying to like win her over and everything's like a, you're treating everything like a game.
0: You're like Superman, except your x-ray vision can see right through my fiendish plots.
1: It's nice for Ray to get that reality check, but we still get, you know, Lily, of course, still needs to apologize. So we're in Mickey's, uh, Lily comes up to Ray and says that she's sorry. And, you know, says the same thing that things are are weird between them and hanging out with Parker is like hanging out with him before things were were weird with them. And when they were, were just friends and things weren't complicated.
0: But FYI, Lily, the old Ray is a person too. This is not some kind of game, okay? So you can take your, I'm sorry, but just right out of here.
1: And, you know, Ray is still kind of like refusing to engage in the conversation. And Lily turns it into a game of truth or dare. And she dares him to trust her again. And he's like, that's stupid. And she's like, well, if if you do that, that I promise to dare myself <laughs> to to always be honest with you. And he's like, all right. And it's it's just stupid enough that it, it works. It works for Ray. And they... They give a big hug, and it's it's all good now. Um, but then we pop back outside, and we get like my favorite bit of like probably like improv, like just conversation between Ed and Ted as like they're just kind of walking by. Okay, see, Afghan hounds are they're they're poofy, right, right. and then and then greyhounds are like very slick and perm. Robbie and Travis just kind of coyly ask, "They're like, oh, so." Things with RFR, you know? Are you guys, you guys going to be, like, sticking around there? And they say that, you know, they've they've actually gotten an opportunity to cover uh, this, like, dog show. Like, and, and be, like, the regular host of that. We've been recruited by the Dog Channel. We're the new hosts of the show. What's the poop? It looks like things are looking up for them. And, and they say that they're just going to tell a little lie to get out of the RFR deal. Oh, the hijinks. Oh, boy. And Travis and Robbie look pretty pleased
0: at that. All right, give me your best shot. I deserve it. No, uh, sit. And then our our final scene is very cute. Parker kind of goes sheepishly up to Ray and says, give me your best shot, because she feels really bad about her part in lying to Ray. And Ray says, like, no, don't worry about it. We're cool.
1: I'm just not sure about your buddy Randall.
0: You're right. What do we see in her?
1: For real. It's definitely not her sense of style. The girl dresses like my mother.
0: <laughs> and they end up having this great chat where they, the two of them, start bonding. They uh, they sit down at a table together and uh, they start they start bonding over basically kind of roasting Lily, and it's real cute. And then the three of them are hanging out, so it's nice. Hopefully, Ray and Parker can be good buddies too.
1: Yeah. So so that's it for for this one. So over in Mickey's discs for this episode, we've got "Nice to Meet You" by Yoko Cassiano's "Lethal Lip Gloss" by Riff Randalls and Alexander by Sequin.
0: Well, you know we gotta be talking about "Lethal Lip Gloss." There's lethal lip gloss. Lip gloss. Um, I found this fun WordPress site called rockchicksrule.wordpress.com and it has a fun article about the Riff Randells. Uh, the article's from 2013. The Riff Randells are an all-female Canadian punk trio from Vancouver, British Columbia formed in 1999 by Kathy Camaro and Anne Marie. Various police players over the years have filled out Riff Randells lineup. The band's name is taken from the character of Riff Randall, the biggest Ramones fan at Vince Lombardi High School in the movie Rock and Roll High School with the Ramones and like riff randall the character riff randalls the band love their ramones but they also cite joan jett nikki and the corvettes and the bobby teens as influences too riff randalls play infectious bubblegum punk sugary but not too sweet with lyrics about love bad boys and broken hearts um they've only they've just got the one full-length album called double cross which came out in 2007 it's hard to suss out whether they're still active but if you're feeling like some female-fronted pop punk you can definitely check out their album that's on Spotify. They also have a music video for Lethal Lip Gloss up on YouTube. And uh, it's really cool. It's like this like old school sort of stop motion animated music video. All the comments on the video are like, Far brought me here. I heard the song on Radio Free Roscoe. Thanks Radio Free Roscoe. <laughs> like, it's really cute. So yeah, check out the video for Lethal Lip Gloss. And I don't know, play it the next time you're doing a fashion show with all your thrift store goodies.
1: So that's it for us this week. If you're not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast
0: Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also send us an email at PodcastFreeRoscoe at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of our show, of the original RFR classic, any of our CanCon classics. And if you want, feel free to send us an audio clip. We'll get you on the show as one of our on-air callers give us your voice and I'll steal it like a sea witch So for now this is podcast for
1: Roscoe signing off.